If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. It is summer break. Happy summer to all of you. We are dropping episodes once per week to keep us refreshed this summer. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you teachers for sticking around with us. It is time to figure out the craziness of the fall. So I loved, um, I loved in the summer figuring out, uh, my classroom and also doing my lesson planning. Do you remember that feeling? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. In fact, yeah. in July was really that time, you know, because, um, you know, as we talked about before, like the exhaustion of June, like you, you're pulling yourself together in Mm -hmm. June, right. Um, starting to make yourself whole again. Yes. (laughs) you get your energy back up. And then July for me was really a time where my mind would just race and I would get really creative. There are times during the school year, stress will cause me to, um, become a little bit less creative. So, and I think a lot of people experience that, like you're kind of in the moment and you're just, you got to figure it out and you got to do it and you don't have as much time to be creative, but in July you do you can really think about it and imagine and get excited. And that was always the time for me. Like I remember even, I'm such a dork, but like even bringing textbooks to the beach with me. Me too. Okay. All right, good. I don't feel so bad. And sit there because it was such, it was a great place for me to be inspired. And so I could look at my plans, but I'll tell you, Jill, I sat there and I thought about my lesson plans. So that, that actually is what I was thinking about. Yeah. And I think, um, the big debate. So I was with some teachers yesterday from all saints Academy and they really debated between each other. They were talking about some of them have to get their classroom set up first before they can do any lesson planning. And then some of them said, no, 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 I need all my lesson plans done. Like my, my sequence of the year. So my unit planning, my backwards design of the year done on paper or online first. And then I go and set up my classroom. And so it was super interesting because then they were also saying, well, is that an elementary versus secondary approach? And so it was fun to watch one staff. There was five or six of them sitting together yesterday and they were, they were really battling out which one to do first. I'm I'm like really like thinking hard about this. There were years of my teaching career where I taught in four different classrooms. Oh, yes. So uh, like I said, like when I would sit on the beach and think about my lesson plans, 
I really think about my plans. Mm -hmm. There were times, but I also remember then I'd go into my, my first, my very first teaching job, Jill, like I went in, I did the interview. They gave me the textbooks. Mm-hmm. I had never seen my classroom. So I couldn't oh, even too. think about classroom yeah. setup. Right. But this idea, let's flip this though. So the idea of how can you use your learning space to be the inspiration for the plans that you're creating? Um, I've, I never had the opportunity to think about it that way. But for me, it was phases. So you're probably right. And we'll get to that. But for me, it was phases because you would leave the room in June. You'd have to wait for the floors to get waxed. So unless you have a carpeted room, like you'd have to, or vacuumed, I guess they empty out the whole room. You wait for maintenance schedule to be done with your room. I remember being such a pain for the administration because I'd say, is my room done? Is my room done? Yes. So during that phase, so June and early July, I would be at the beach or up up north for us, wherever it would be Uh with my textbooks, with my lesson plans. I would figure out the whole, like when does each quarter end? Like the whole, I'd be working backwards to figure out how to get through the year, doing a lot of reading. As an English teacher, I'd be figuring out, are these the exact books I want for next year? What do I need to be reading so I can add it to the curriculum? So a lot of that was going on as I would plot it out and I'd be visualizing my classroom. Should they be seen in groups? Should they be seen in rows? What new supplies do I need? Like all of that was happening in my mind. And then when it was time, I would jump into that classroom and get everything ready for the first day. So the disappointment for me and thinking about that, I, as a, as an English teacher and a, a speech teacher, I did do a lot of group work and a disappointment for me was when I walked into one of my classrooms very early on and saw the type of desk that was in the classroom and I couldn't really do much with it. So now, no, wait, if you go in first, then you, you go and like try to bargain your way through the other classrooms and say, (laughs) if I took your tables, you could have my desks. Didn't you do that? We all did. Oh my goodness. We all did that in the public middle school I taught in. We would all try to get each other's desks and tables, or I only have, you know, 18 students this year. Can I have your tables and you can have my desks? There was a lot of that going on. Yeah. I would have loved to have tables because I would take, when I did have the types of desks that you could set up in different configurations and, you know, tables and things. I did that, Mm -hmm. but some desks, you just couldn't those giant one piece desks that you can't do anything with. Oh, I loved them because I loved (laughs) personal space as a kid or as an adult. I like having enough personal space that sharing a table is kind of, kind of hard too. Sharing a table is kind of hard. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But if you could take four desks and set them up as a table, well, then then it's the best of all worlds, yeah, right? Is. But those gigantic desks, like in a in the high schools, that they, and they don't go together, and or and then no. or if you do put them together, then one kid can't get out because. <laughs> It's like trapped. One kid can't get out because you have to go in on the left side. But you put him next to someone. Oh, these poor kids. They go through a lot with us. They really go through a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And they also get better at furniture design over time. Oh, well, furniture design. So now furniture design is a game changer. So earlier, go way back to June. Um, It feels like a lifetime ago, right? So um, I was doing a session with a group of teachers on just designing classroom space. And so thinking about no matter the size of your room and and this, the group of teachers that happened to be in that session, they were preschool through high school teachers. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what are the struggles? Well, if, if I only have tables in my room or if I have 30 kids in my room, or if I have, you know, whatever the case is there, sometimes there is a constraint, but okay. So let's just 
let's just think about what we can do with the space that we have. And you know who has really great ideas about that? We've talked about this before. Preschool teachers, because preschool teachers know how to take any space and set it up into zones and then create like parameters and rules about what happens in those particular Mm -hmm. zones. And there can still be desks where the children sit or, you know, in their individual place. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is where you sit and you (laughs) don't touch each other. And (laughs) but when you come over on the carpet, that's different. And that zone over there, that's the quiet zone and this over here. And so any classroom just learning that and trying to transfer that information from a preschool brain and they're sitting there nodding their heads. Yes, of course, to like a middle school, high school frame of mind. How can we? Well, I, I mean, I've seen it done, but I did not think that way. I did not think that way in my early years of teaching. So if, man, if I could have reset those rooms, I had some beautiful classrooms. And I, yeah. And I think if we are a high school, if we are high school teachers who just put them in the rows and nothing about that classroom belongs to the kids, then we're doing it wrong. So there must be some supplies that they need. There must be some bulletin boards that are intentional. There must be a spot where you, you like grab your calculator off the wall, but you're also, you know, there's some posters over there that talk about calculations. Like there's got to be some intentionality about where things go and why, or where are they putting their folders or how are they turning in their papers? Like all of this has intentionality that goes back to instructional minutes, which goes back to those lesson plans. So the big debate is lesson plans first or a classroom first. And I was definitely lesson plan first. Yeah, I, I was were, definitely lesson plan yeah. first, but now I think I'm in the fr- I'm at I'm in a different frame of mind mm. and, and just everything that I've learned. But I've been at this for a really long time, you know, and the resources that are now available and, and just knowing what I know and having been in so many different really cool classrooms and people who have been so intentional about their classroom setup and talking to them. I've just learned so much. So I think that I would try going into this next school year. Honestly, I think I would think classroom design first. And then lesson design. I I do think I would try it that way. It goes hand in hand. So they shouldn't be done separate from each other because they impact each other. So that's Oh yeah. We call we call the the classroom um the classroom design is the third teacher. So you have the actual teacher, you have the curriculum itself, and then you have the learning space. And it really is the third teacher because what you can use that learning space for has just as much influence as the person or the curriculum. Have you ever heard that? I've never heard that before. The third teacher is the classroom space. Yep. That's awesome. Okay, everyone, take care of yourself this summer. Refresh and restore your energy. Keep tuning in for more affirmations and ideas from the Catholic Teachers Lounge. We will see you next time.